This episode of the Cinema Vention Podcast is brought to you by Rotting Wonk, RozJ001, Jack Wolf, and Wearmall 3. If you want to become one of the names listed, go support the show today at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Hi, I'm wscottis1, and I have not seen the movie Idiocracy. Increasing his cultural IQ, one movie at a time. This is Cinemavention. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we'll be discussing the movie Idiocracy, which my guest has seen before. He is a regular Diamond Club game night contributor. Please welcome back Brian Coford, aka B. Coford. How are you doing, Hello. man? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, it, it is uh, it is election day uh, when we're recording this. In fact, uh, the polls uh, just closed um, in your neck of the woods. I think just now, a couple minutes ago. So, yep. And um, I don't care because I voted last week. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and I'm I'm one of the dumb idiots that did it um, day of. Although I did find out that um, if you vote between um, 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., that seems to be the ideal sweet spot because everyone is. Uh, at work yeah everyone's at work and everyone hasn't <laughs> come to their lunch break yet because it was it was funny because like i thought 2 p.m would be the same thing turns out no mm. it was relative it was pretty busy at 2 p.m so yeah. so yeah a uh, little uh little life hack for you if you're voting uh same day like i am like an idiot but <laughs> i digress <laughs> let's uh let's talk about uh this movie um and we start off, of course, with the fact that Idiocracy is available on all of your uh, VOD uh, purchasing sites, whether they be digital or uh, or in stores for rent or purchase. And it is available to stream on Stars if you have that. Um, I think we watched it through uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, Idiocracy was released by 20th Century Fox on September 1st, 2006. Movie was directed by Mike Judge, and of course we know Mike Judge as the director of Office Space on amongst this podcast. Things. Well, yeah, amongst other things, of course, right? But yeah, but uh, and of course it, it stars Luke Wilson, Maya Rudolph, Dax Shepard, Terry Crews, and Justin Long, among others. Uh, the movie had a budget of two point four million and made whew. Four hundred and ninety-five thousand three hundred and three dollars in theaters. Man, whew, I can yeah. smell the stink coming off of those <laughs> box office numbers, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I suspect some of that is. Uh, I don't know if it was very widely released when it came out because I yeah. don't recall any marketing for this movie. I found out about it after the fact, as far as I recall. Yeah, yeah. On that note, yeah. Do you remember when you first saw this movie? No, I just remember it being hilarious. So okay, was it? What, do you at least remember if it was pre twenty sixteen when you saw this movie? Oh, very much so. Okay, it was many years ago. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, because I feel like that's kind of the more important question as opposed to when you actually first saw it. But yeah. <laughs> but um, but like you said, uh, but um, you know this this movie um is once again kind of a make it up on VOD success story kind of, at least that's what mm -hmm. I assume. I mean, we don't have financial data for VOD obviously, but yeah, I do I, think, I mean, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah. For, for when this movie came out, 2.4 million was a very small budget movie. So mm -hmm. it, yeah, they didn't spend a lot of marketing and all that. And so I think, I think their goal was more of a VOD market when they made it. 
whether or not they were expecting to get that little in the box office, I'm less certain. Yeah. But I do think it is fair to say that it is a, it has a very cult following of individuals. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I do think the 2016 election probably did help its success, <laughs> if nothing They're else. Very be- likely. Yeah. Because uh, I, I don't know. It's like it probably had a big cult following before 2016, but I'm sure it had a, yeah. an even bigger following after 2016. Yeah. So. Like I said, uh, it was one of those things where I enjoyed the movie thoroughly when, you know, closer when it came out. And then, yeah, it's, as things progressed, it was just like every time something stupid happened in politics, it was like, oh, yeah, that movie, Idiocracy, it's kind of a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Some people have, I mean, they're obviously joking when they say this, but although maybe uh-huh. more so, maybe not as much nowadays but uh, but they're but they're joking about the fact that it's like people call it a documentary more than it is a comedy and mm-hmm. uh yeah no it's it's kind of hilarious and after watching this movie i think i do have to agree with them there's even some stuff that um we'll talk about later that i think that they got right in terms of the future kind of already like there's some stuff that they predicted in, in the far future that i think has already come true um and uh we'll yeah. talk about that uh, in far, just a moment well <clears throat> some of that that was yeah for the far future for them as well sure when, sure when this, it, yeah it was uh 2006 when it uh came yeah. out so 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 even stuff you know 10 15 years in the future sort of kind of predicted yeah yeah because uh well and and it's weird because um because everyone's looking at at it you know like from the lens of like oh the 2016 election and everything right and without getting too much into our personal politics, because believe me, that could be its own show and quite frankly, its own podcast entirely <laughs> at this yeah, point. Yeah, just, just ask Justin Robert Young. Exactly right. Yeah, if you if you want to listen to any uh, political uh, podcast, that's that's one that we both highly recommend is uh, PX3 um, or Politics, Politics, Politics. Um, but uh, but I want to talk about the similarities of this movie with our current political climate. Um Bearing in mind the fact that this movie was created during um, George W. Bush's second term in office, I don't think the creators of this movie could have ever imagined how much our political climate could have changed that drastically, even like a decade after this movie was was created. Um, well, keep keep in mind, George W. Bush had uh, plenty of his own stupidity to go around. So, yeah, no, he did. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, his uh, stupidity and his uh, what are they? What they always called them Bushisms, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but uh, and and in fact, I when I was doing research for this episode, I want to say it was the Wikipedia article that I saw this on. But there were images of Donald Trump with the words "idiocracy" on it. I guess sort of implying that a Trump presidency would be like a President Camacho reign. Maybe minus the WWE chains, although even Trump wasn't part of the WWE too at one point, which makes that even more funny to me. <laughs> you well, know? yeah, uh, that's not unheard of though. The Simpsons even uh, had a episode where Trump was president. Yeah, many true. Years before Trump was president, so yeah, and yeah, that kind of stuff. Eh. And scarily accurately got the escalator part right too. Like it's it's crazy how accurate they got that. <laughs> um. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of Simpsons stuff that they uh, that they got right. Um, yeah. A little too on the nose, perhaps, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I think I, I think in hindsight, looking back on it now, 
the, I mean, of course, obviously this movie is pretty crazy. And I don't think anyone can dispute this fact, no matter what political camp you may be in. But Donald Trump's presidency was certainly a wild, uh, wild presidency. And, uh, yep. and, and this movie has a lot of, you know, comparisons to that time period. And I can see why people would compare this movie to Trump's presidency. Um, yeah. So yeah, there, there are some similarities there. Yeah. And, and honestly, the biggest thing for me, and, and I don't mean to make light of this situation because it's a very serious, uh, um, situation that happened, but I personally believe that the moment of Trump's presidency that really resembled the most like idiocracy was probably the January 6th insurrection personally to me. Um, you know, and, and there was, that was one, that was a day where you were just like, what the fuck is happening? And that's how I felt watching through most of this movie. Um, so Mm -hmm. I know, didn't the re rehabilitation time kind of felt like that, um, (laughs) insurrection a little bit to you. It kind of, it drawed some parallels for me a little bit, you know? Yeah, I mean, there was uh, the scene where they were gathered outside the fence because uh, because they'd all lost their jobs. Uh, that felt more. Uh, oh yeah. Than, yeah. Oh so. yeah. No, that's actually a good point. Yeah, true. Um, and it's like it's tough, man, because it's like I'm still to this day trying to figure out how we got to this point in politics where we're seemingly more divided than we've ever had we ever have before, and. I think it's a combination of several factors, some some that I will get into, some that I won't get into. Um, but of course, I it, I think it starts all the way back to Nixon's Watergate scandal. Like that was kind of like the first scandal, because like if you think about it before Nixon, even before the 1900s, you had multiple political parties that were in Congress and it sort of, you know, eventually folded into the two party duopoly we have today of Republicans and Democrats. But even before then, you know, like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And so the the trick is, I think before that period, um, when you start getting further into history, there wasn't so much, you know, uh, cable television right. news than later the Internet. And so I think a lot of those administrations probably had their own versions of stupidity. It oh, just yeah. didn't get out as much. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the Nixon Watergate was one of the first times where, it, you know, they came up with a name for the thing and it, 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 it became, you know. Right. The thing. Yeah. Uh, but there was stuff that happened before that. It just, uh, just because it took longer for news to get around, it didn't, you know, yeah. bubble up as much. Yeah. It was like the printing press could only go so fast so, back then, I so guess. It, so I yeah. think it's less that it started with Nixon is that it became more obvious, uh, with, with Nixon. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fair. I can, I can, I can agree with that. But, but, but also, too, it's like, even even though even that point though it's like you you certainly had disagreements amongst each other back then you know there's oh, always yeah. been disagreements in politics right but it was never as vicious as it was you know um certainly now but even during this time period right like it it felt like it was mm-hmm. way more civilized back then and you know and it was it wasn't really until nixon's scandal that it sort of kind of started sort of a uh you know, vicious yeah. back and forth, you know? Uh, yeah. And, and, uh, in- interestingly, even though the, the idiocracy seems to re- resemble, uh, current politics a lot, uh, that is one thing that is missing from the movie. Uh, there's not a lot of division in there. People are too stupid to care essentially. So yeah, they all just sort of repeat the same things and do the same things. And they're all pretty much getting along. If you notice, 
because it's sort of becomes normal uh, society for you to just do stuff you want to do anyways. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. No, that, so, that is interesting. Yeah. 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 Cause, cause yeah, there, yeah, there is no divisiveness. Yeah. Everyone kind of has, I guess everyone's kind of, uh, <laughs> maybe that maybe the other side just kind of died off because they just couldn't deal with it anymore i don't know but like or they didn't have enough kids yeah right yeah because that's the big that that was a big moment too it's just like <laughs> the fact that it's like um you have this one family who's just like uh waiting to have a kid and they just never have one right and then yeah yeah uh, as opposed to the other family that's popping babies at like left and right <laughs> which was yeah, with the funny. neighbors and all that yeah yeah, yeah. But was, um, uh, that that wasn't a uh, family tree. That was more of a family briar patch. <laughs> family briar patch. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like you know, fast forward to you know, like sort of Bill Clinton's impeachment, which was arguable, which was I think arguably is a pretty reasonable reason, especially looking back on it now. And what's sad is I think Clinton probably would have had a fairly decent political and policy legacy if it weren't for this one scandal. To, like it, it just felt like yeah. it kind of tar- this one thing kind of tarnished this whole legacy kind of um eh. yeah <laughs> yeah fair yeah it certainly didn't help i'll give it that yeah yeah true but but you got the 2000 race recount you got um the honeymoon phase of everyone loving bush after 9-11 kind of you sort of fizzling out like with you know, I people started it's it's like people started looking into it like several years later after the honeymoon mm-hmm. phase kind of came over. And it, it was like people had some issues with the Iraq war, among other things. But that was probably like the biggest one, really. But but I bring all this up to say that, like, it felt like the early to mid 2000s and even like the late 90s, like it probably felt like it was a really politically charged time. But compared to now, it's kind of laughable um, because, you know, I I don't know. It just felt like everything was much more, quote unquote, innocent or tame politically pre-2016. Oh, now, yeah, no, the, there, there were definitely absurdities, but uh, nobody at the time figured out or realized how absurd it could be. Right, right. <laughs> is, is, yeah, is it, we're on a whole nother level now. Right, yeah. Well, but yeah, because cause I was... Because I'm glad you said that because I I was worried that like, you know, maybe this um, that maybe my nostalgia as a child playing a factor in my thinking um, was kind of playing into into it. Like we talked well, was, about a couple I, episodes. I was back. avoiding pointing out how young you are. So, well, yeah, no, that's fair. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, but it definitely felt it definitely felt like that. So it's 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 interesting that you say that, too, because because, uh, yeah, because I kind of confirmed my suspicions anyway. And then. Of course, you know, it, it It really cultivated into the 2016 and 2020 election. And realistically, I, I think we're still feeling the shockwaves of the 2016 election even today. I mean, because you oh, had because yeah. you had two arguably unlikable candidates for president and like only the people drinking the Kool-Aid on either side really liked them. And people down the oh. middle just hated both candidates, you know. Yeah, uh, I would argue that on uh, on one side, uh, not even the people, nobody liked the one guy. Right. Well, 
but and 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 it was one of those situations where people didn't like the um the other the other person either you know and yeah. so it, there were a lot there were yeah. a lot of people who were voting for somebody they didn't like let's put it that way right yeah and and it and and it put like the mid, like like i said people in the middle just kind of hated both of them and so everyone started to hate everyone i feel like at that point and so it just kind of became yep. this like vicious cycle um and it's like even even to even in the last election, it kind of felt like that too. You know, maybe not to the same yep. scale, but but it certainly did feel that way. But yeah, but I think there was an outlier um, the, of in the uh, pre two thousands because everything was kind of politically tame. But there was one outlier that I noticed, and that of course is the album American Idiot by Green Day. I'm sure you've heard of the album, right? Um, oh and, no. uh, and of course, and and. But of course, and of course, the song I'm referring to really um, is that title song, American Idiot. And that album, I think, was really kind of like the first album to bring up how stupid American politics are. And while, yes, they are kind of, you know, making fun of the quote unquote redneck agenda that they're uh, that they're not a part of. Um, mm. One of the lines in the in the song that's kind of pretty it was pretty powerful back then still kind of is um uh we're talking about how he's kind of maybe i'm the f slur america which mm-hmm. apart from the f slur which honestly i don't even think is a problem because the lead singer has even come out as bisexual so i think he mm-hmm. probably has the right to use that word you know yeah. but um but i think those lyrics had kind of like a pretty powerful message for 2004 but it honestly, it seems kind of tame in today's political climate too, which I thought was yeah. astonishing. Yeah, and 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 uh, that may be the first one that made that specific point. But it's by far not the first political you know song ever. You've got you know Pink Floyd. Uh, there was uh, well, during the Vietnam War, there was a whole lot of music coming out that was yeah. basically, if you look in the lyrics, was just saying it was a shit show. So yeah, exactly. And but yeah. but the difference between those songs and the 2004 song is that. I feel like Green Day was kind of ahead of its time <laughs> when it came to uh, when it came to yeah, political like, like discourse. Said, uh, for for the specific topic, yes. For the type of song, no, not really. Fair, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, but you know, but but I bring all this up to say that basically, kind of this movie was trying to portray the fact that if you know, it's like we, if we keep going down the road of politics that we're going. It's going to look a lot like it did on March 5th, 2505. I mean, of course, that's assuming the planet is still around in 2505. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot, but, of, a lot of questions there. Uh, yeah. The, the one trick with that is uh, there are certain things that will look a lot more like the movie, but there's other stuff. Like I mentioned, there's no divisiveness in the movie. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's stupid. All the stupid survives but all the divisiveness gets lost somewhere yeah so uh and i think you know part of that is how many of those people can read <laughs> yeah true yeah it was, like, so it was more of a reading is, and iq sort of thing yeah. yeah so if you can't even read your own laws and you know is how are you able to follow them and so then stuff that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever starts uh, yeah uh happening and you're just like how did that happen it's like because there's nobody there to point out that they're doing it wrong yeah right and, you know, yeah, like I said, assuming the planet is still around, then this movie is probably going to feel really weird to those people, I can imagine, um, if it eventually oh. comes out or it's oh, yeah, still the, around by the, then. The planet will be just fine. It's the rest of us I'm less certain about. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true, my friend. Very true. Um, 
I was thinking about this too, but and if you think about it, I feel like this movie is kind of a time travel movie in a certain way because it combines the aspect of aliens in 2001 a space odyssey by putting humans in sort of this like sleep chamber which for whatever reason seems to be the common trope to stop aging and time for people but everything else in life progresses i don't know it's like i guess that's sort of like the the proven formula that works sort of i don't know (laughs) well it's it's the option that doesn't disagree with physics Mm. So uh, they, there's essentially a lot of medical evidence that indicates that there are ways to slow down metabolism, and then if you do so, that you will actually age slower. Now, if you can s- slowing it down to the extent where you would survive 500 years, uh, less likely. Sure. Uh, you know, because uh, you know, complete freezing, maybe that's uh, long of stuff. But uh, going forward in time, you can always go forward in time. We're all time travelers because time is always going forward. It's just yeah, maybe you can skip bits. But going backwards is where it becomes a real problem. So yeah. whether or not you describe that as a time machine, yeah, it has some aspects of it in that you end up in a completely different place than where you left. Uh, yeah. It just happens to be in the future. So Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, it, and of course, it has that back to the future fifth element sort of time travel aspect. Although fifth element isn't really as much about that. That's I, I it's more like fifth element in the sense of it's taking place in 2505. And I think fifth element yeah. it was happening yeah, in there's no actual time travel in fifth element <laughs> it's right, just yeah. in, in the future it starts yes it starts off uh ostensibly in the past uh, right but, uh yeah it ends up in the future but there's no actual time travel occurring in that movie. right well it, but unless, and, unless you consider yeah. faster than light travel well yeah no and 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 but it, but the whole premise of course is for joe and rita our main characters to return to 2005 like that was their ultimate goal the entire movie oh yeah but, yeah, and 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 that's where you run into the problem where uh, their average intelligence and everybody else on the planet is below average intelligence. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, hilariously, I think even all the below it knew for a fact. I think they were questioning why they would want to go to the time machine because they're like, no, it's a stupid ride. Uh, you don't uh, spoilers. You don't find out about right. the movie. Uh, whereas the main characters are like, well, maybe somebody figured that out by now. You know, because they're intelligent enough to know, hey, maybe. It's a possibility, but not smart enough to go, okay, how likely is that given everything else that's going on right now? Right. Well, but, <laughs> and even if they yeah. had, did it survive till now, you know? Yeah. Well, but and this was kind of the first time where we've watched a time travel movie where they actually don't end up going back to their own time period. Which, yeah. and, and, and they kind of decide to just stay there. So I guess they're just lost in that 2005 oh, timeline forever then, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not that they decide. It's, uh, they have no other choice unless you yeah. think they're going to spontaneously figure out time travel. Yeah. Well, but even before then, it's like Rita decides that she's going to stay, even though Joe is intending on um, still trying to get, um, go back, you know? But um. Yeah, well, I think for the time being, she was uh, she had gotten away from her pimp for a bit. So. Yeah, yeah. Which, funnily enough, he comes in a, in a third uh, pod somehow, which I don't know how that happens. Like, how, like you see that at the very end. It's like, like uh, she's paranoid about her pimp the entire time, and it's yeah. like, and he still manages to find a way to um to no that <laughs> come that's to get to, through. to Rita's point. She was very clear. He would find a way. Right. He did. Yeah. And the exact details of that, no, they don't exactly cover the movie, but that was the point, is he would yeah. find a way. Right, yeah, well, and, and it's one of those things where it's like, it's 
it's in the back of your mind this entire time and it's like and and then they address it in the closing credit scene which is just wonderful i i enjoyed Mm -hmm. that a lot um i gotta say i thought i thought that the narrator in this movie you'll hear in the watch party that i thought the narrator in this movie was the same narrator as anchorman Turns out, after doing some research, it's not. Uh, so the Anchorman narrator was uh, Bill Curtis, and the narrator for this movie is Earl Mann. Um, I yeah, guess they and, just have and, similar uh, voice profiles, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think this uh, ties back to the concept a lot of people are like, oh, it's it's clearly a documentary. Is the narrator, they were very much going for a documentary-style narration, and I think both movies do that. And so they did pick very similar voice actors. Uh, Anchorman may have been looking for something that sounded like this. I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, but but they were definitely the goal was the same as to give it more of a documentary feel with the with the narrator. And so yeah, it, yeah. It, it, whether whether or not them sounding almost identical is intentional. That's uh, I don't know. You'd have to ask them. Yeah. Well, I and I I I watched an interview with uh, with Mike Judge. Uh, Mike Judge did an interview on the Joe Rogan podcast. Actually, back in like June of this year, he did it. Um, and one of the things he mentioned was uh, uh, he they started writing the film in two thousand one. Anchorman came out in two thousand one, I believe, um, or shortly oh, did after. I get that? Oh, I, I thought it was after this movie. Uh, yeah. No. It, uh, yeah. Anchorman was before. Um, was before. Take everything I said and reverse it. (laughs) Yeah, fair. No, but uh, but the but the but I was going to say that like that came out in two thousand one, and they were writing the movie in two thousand one. I wonder if that served inspiration for uh, for the idiocracy movie. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, Yeah, and and also you know that's part of the reason Hollywood exists is because all these people you know uh, being around each other's stuff you know, happen. So even if it's not officially part of production, you know, a person knows a person and they're involved here. And right. Yes. Yeah, they take stuff and do other things with it. So, yeah. you know, it's like how kill bill became a movie. Yeah. It's like they take their own liberties to it, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, um, it's, uh, it's interesting also too, that, um, apparently in this movie, it appears we've gone completely in the opposite direction when it comes to, using like super offensive words like the F word and the R word um, kind of just being used in regular conversation again in this movie. And, you know, while this movie was made in 2006 and while this doesn't really excuse the language being used, you kind of had a, a good point that you, I, you had brought up during the watch party about like, if you pay attention, who actually is saying these offensive words, Yeah, you know? And, and, and I, yeah, I think it comes back to, uh, the people who would think about other people's feelings and avoid using that kind of terminology, uh, are not the people who had the kids in these movie in this movie. So mm-hmm. in the future, it becomes normalized because everybody says it because nobody gives a shit how it makes other people feel. Right. Yeah. They're just that stupid. Mm-hmm. So in the context of the movie, uh, I would say. I would say, yes, the characters are essentially being offensive, but the movie itself is not. Oh, yeah. No, 100 percent. Yeah. And uh, and and again, it's probably one of those situations where, like, they probably could have uh, done it better. But again, it, it was 2006. So it was it wasn't really. Uh, yeah, it was, it, it was less less of an issue back then. It was starting to become, you know, one of those things people like, yeah, maybe we should think about it. And so I think yeah. they leaned into it a little bit, pointing out that, yeah, if we keep using these words the way we're using them, look how stupid we look. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was almost like a uh, 
almost like a cautionary tale almost. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the, but, um, but one of those uh, moments was, um, it, and it, it was just sort of came out of nowhere. It's like the doctor who, by the way, is very much, very much white, right? He just, <laughs> he's getting ready to do the, um, the high, the human hibernation project. And, um, and he, and where, and Joe, and Joe and Rita are just talking to each other beforehand and before they go into deep sleep. And this doctor struts in and is ready to go. He's like, all right. And words. And I'm just like, well, that just came out of left field. Like, <laughs> I was like that, that one felt a little unnecessary to me. I don't know. You know, uh, I think part of that is, uh, <laughs> That's where when you sit in the writer's room long enough at some point or, you know, the writing process, uh, I think they had to figure out how to get a second person into the future. Like the one guy being part of the experiment was just sort of like, yeah, they took an average guy and they made him part of the experiment. But like they were pointing out in the movie, they had a hard time finding a second participant. You know, they wanted to try a male and a female. And that whole thing, uh, although it comes off as a funny bit. I think it's just sort of a hilarious way to come up with a reason to have a second character that also goes in the future, but give her a different background than the first one where she isn't just a straight up average person. She's just sort of a random person. Yeah. Picked up. And the reason they picked that up is because this guy got really big in the pimp culture and <laughs> ended up meeting her. Yeah. I was, yeah, because yeah, cause no disrespect to Maya Rudolph at all because, uh, because I did love her character, right? Yeah, but it, it did, I still did find it hard to understand why why she in particular was participating in this experiment. And it's like, and it's like everyone knows why Joe's there because you know he doesn't yeah. have a lot of family. He's considered the most average soldier that they have. Mm-hmm. But seemingly, the only reason Rita is included is because she receives the opportunity for her charges to be dropped. Yeah, you know, like. But then again, yeah, it, why? Why even her specifically? Like it, it still doesn't really. Mm, I don't well, know. Well, that's what I'm saying is, is it's less of a oh they specifically had a reason for this specific character, more of a her character was just some other random person because it would be really mm-hmm. boring if they only sent one person into the future. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, so so the logic isn't in the movie because essentially for her character to work, there there her character has to be there because there was no logic right picking her character other than just randomly this one guy had this hobby and it was like well i guess we can use her yeah (laughs) i do speaking of uh speaking of logic i do have a slight issue um about how about this movie and it's about how they get to 2505 instead of 2006 where they belong because if you'll recall the experiment was only they were only supposed to be frozen in there for a year they were supposed Mm -hmm. to come out in 2006 and i understand that there are probably government programs that kind of just go under the radar and are kind of unnoticed especially in the american Mm -hmm. public conscious right however i find it hard to believe that just because lieutenant collins like you said gets busted for a prostitution ring that all of a sudden that warrants the entire military base to not only get demolished but then the demolishers and the construction workers somehow don't even notice that there are two boxes that are still in there yeah. that enclose people in it. And like, and it's like, it's as if like people just forget that the human hibernation project even existed inside of the government. Like you would think that there would be records of this program. Like, okay. 
Yeah. You know? And so this gets into, this is another bit of absurdity it's pointing out is how bureaucracies work. And uh, mm-hmm. they do explain most of that. It's, it's very quick. <laughs> okay. But there is a, there is a pretty full explanation of the movie. And, and I apologize. We may have talked over portions of that. Yeah. Uh, but the idea was, is the original, the whole project was off the books to start with. And so essentially it was the one guy, you know, and whoever made the boxes and all that, but that was all off the book. So even though, yes, there were, there was a couple of people from the military in the room, it wasn't documented anywhere really what was going on. There was money going huh. somewhere. It was a black project. So when they took the person in charge of the project out of the picture, there was nobody to keep the project together to keep track of what was going on. And then everybody else is like, well, what are we doing with this building? Because I don't even, uh, I'd have to look back at it. It wasn't an entire base. They got rid of it. was just the building they were doing the project. in. Mm, got it. As, but, as but, far but as I recall. They, but yeah, but then they put a restaurant on there, like instead of another building, I don't know. Like, I don't know that that's that part yeah. still kind of falls apart to me a it little being, bit. Like, it, it being a black operation, it may not have been on government property. They were probably just renting out a space and using. Ah, uh, maybe, know, yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's, when there's no records, nobody's keeping track of this stuff. And then, and then you see boxes like that in the movie. It's made very clear what those boxes are, but those there weren't any windows or anything in those that were totally because yeah. normally when you get these sci-fi pods, there's always some sort of glass so you can see the people frozen in there and all that. Uh, these weren't, these were just nondescript sort of olive drab boxes, sort yeah. of chunky looking. Like, like they, they could have been any piece of equipment. Yeah. You, you wouldn't look at them and necessarily say, oh, there's a person in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just the fact that um that the lieutenant called it like a classified like mission and like he made it mm-hmm. seem like, you know, this was, it actually had government money behind it and everything. Like, I, I feel like that's probably what. Oh, I got news for you. Well, the government way. loses money all the time. So, well, and, yeah. And you ask them where it went, and they still don't fucking know. And this is just one of those <laughs> things. So, like well, I said, yeah, it, was, sure. it was more. It was part of the satire that there was a project like this that could get lost, like it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's some aspects of this movie where they kind of pre- try to predict the future, and some of the some of these things are probably not going to become true. And of course, this is like the distant. I hope not. I hope not too, right? Yeah. And, th- and this is, of course, the distant, like the very distant future, right? Mm-hmm. However, I think that this movie actually has already predicted the future in some ways. And I want to yep. go over those particular situations. Of course, like we mentioned, that opening scene at the beginning uh, about the about the two drastically different couples and, and their ideas with children. And... Uh, that I, I definitely uh this generation is um like we're starting to cut back on the amount of kids we're popping out um this generation yep. that is very much the case uh yep. going on right now um for I know, multitude I know of lots reasons. of people who traditionally would have had kids by now uh, don't have kids and quite a few of them aren't planning on having any kids mm-hmm. so yeah yeah uh, there's multitude of reasons some of why that is really likely kidding whereas other people that i don't have there's lots of people who still have lots of kids so mm-hmm. yeah there there is some of that that is happening how drastic uh is that you know if a disparity is going to lead to in the future eh, but yeah range, the, range the premise seen, of the movie is based in a little bit in reality yeah right i uh i it's funny enough i i actually knew a couple that had that legit had like 10 children i'm i'm not even exaggerating yeah. <laughs> like it's <laughs> like yeah it was freaking insane i would I had fun. I had fun. I'd go to their house all the time and have 
have fun. But I'm just like, in the back of mind, I'm just like, well, goddamn, how many more kids do you need? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I feel like uh, I feel like the garbage piles being everywhere and the fact that the, the soils kind of just dried up. It, it, it basically is a representation of climate change like uh par- portions of that i think they shorthanded some of that is if they went into all the problems uh that would be the whole movie and then there would be no room right. left for the plot uh but i think the garbage piles could also actually be literal garbage piles i mean there's a certain amount of if we don't you know figure out how to be more efficient on our use of resources that we might actually end up with garbage piles like that at some yeah, point right? in the future mm-hmm. uh 500 years is a lot of years uh i doubt we could make it there at our current progress there was if you've ever watched the show Bullshit with Ben and Teller, mm-hmm. um, they sort of point out exactly how much garbage we're really generating. And it's, you know, so there's that. But yeah, it's it's shorthand for, yeah, there's going to be a lot of fucked up problems and it's going to cause some really un- unexpected side effects. Right. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. As far as the dry dirt, they do explain that later in the movie. Right. Yeah. And we'll get into that. And yeah. um and and I think um it, when when I was mentioned when I was watching this uh this Joe Rogan interview one of the things that he mentioned is he pretty much got everything right except for smartphones that is one thing that they did not get right was the fact that like this this be- movie did come out before the iPhone right so. of course right yeah, yeah yeah and that's uh yeah no one could have predicted that right like you know people would being like just like glued just like glued to their phone constantly uh it did predict <laughs> emoji though. <laughs> Oh, what what about oh, the, emojis? Emojis. It uses emojis a lot in this movie. If you're if you're looking for it. Oh, uh, interesting. Okay. Now at that at the time this movie came out, I think Jap the Japanese were already using emoji quite a bit, but Americans hadn't picked up on it that much. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. One thing that, but I will say that um, while they didn't get the smartphones right, what they did kind of get right, I think, is that everyone is just kind of getting dumber. And, but that's pro- that's more an education problem. But I mean, I definitely feel like it does relate to it in a certain way because you know, with everything being a Google search away, it kind of it means you really don't have to retain as much information as maybe you used to. I don't well, know. I, like, I don't know if that's a I good like, thing or a bad thing. I don't know. I like to think that allows you to focus on more important things than just memorizing crap. Yeah. I, I, I certainly feel, uh, I certainly feel dumb a lot, <laughs> but because of that, but so I, but I don't know, <laughs> um, all those ads taking up space on the TV. Oh, uh, wait, I'm, I'm sorry. We gotta, we, we gotta have a word from our sponsors. Oh, right. <laughs> What's our sponsor? <laughs> our sponsor is. Brondo, the thirst mutilator. He's got what plants crave. Electrolytes. <laughs> oh, if you're not watching the video right now, you're you're missing out right now. Because Goford basically has uh, all of the ads that were on the TV on his screen right now. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> And yes, uh, the amount of ads uh, are ridiculous and it's intentional and they mm-hmm. were kind of calling it because, yeah, it, the fact that people have to have uh, ad blockers and stuff, they feel like I know people who think yeah. you're crazy if you don't have an ad blocker. And I'm like, that's weird. I just don't go to websites that have that many ads. If they got that many ads. I'm like, oh, not going there ever again. Right. Uh, yeah. But well, yeah. Well, because that's that's the thing, right? Is like they may not be correct about it being on TVs. Right. 
but yeah. the but I would say that you know like the length of commercial breaks obviously has gotten very subtly like it's very subtly yeah. increased over the years. Well, even Netflix just recently they're introducing their uh, ad supported tier, and, right. and for a long time they were the holdout on that. You know, it's like Hulu was always ad supported, then they started making you pay for it, and it was still with ads. Right. Whereas Netflix yeah. was always a subscription service, no ads. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's kind of interesting that yeah, that now now even Netflix is going to have an option with ads. So yeah, 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 lots of ads all over the place. So they definitely called that one. Yeah. Well, and, well, yeah, and, and well, and you mentioned the ad blocker thing, right? Like, because I personally run an ad blocker on my browser, and it's not mm-hmm. even really because I want to block ads, because I I do understand that ads are vital for websites to stay afloat. Yeah. But primarily for me, it's about um, how intrusive some of them are. Like you said, but even more so, it's more importantly, malvertising that I'm worried about. Like that, that's a big one for me where they can just like subtly put code into the ad that just puts a virus on your computer. Like that's, that's not right. (laughs) Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully, yeah. And that's, that's a good reason to have some ad blockers. Hopefully your browser's uh, handling a lot of that as well. So yeah, but Yeah. yeah, ads are fucking everywhere. So yeah, right. Well, and, and I, and I'd like to think I sort of, um, I'd like to think that I sort of help out the cause a little bit by paying first, you know, like I pay for YouTube premium. I pay for, you know, like wherever there's like a subscription based thing, I try my best to, uh, to pay for it, you know, to kind of offset that a little bit. So, so yeah, I mean, that's sort of, that's sort of my own personal moral compass. I mean, you know, it's, it kind of, it is what it is. It's like, I understand it's like, if you, yeah, if you're one of those people like Koford where it's like, just don't go to those websites, you know, but, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's subjective, I, I guess, you know, I don't know. Yep. Um, I, I, the TV show, uh, Fri- uh, Frito is watching the Ow My Balls thing. Mm-hmm. That was glorious. And it, and in my mind, it's basically kind of what's on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, if you think about it, like, like. I mean, even even what used to be Vine um, back when that was around, um, like it, it has that like internet culture of just like you know people getting hurt and like doing stupid stuff, like almost like America's Funniest Home Videos, almost kind of like. Um, but yeah, I- and and I I uh, never really got too much into short form stuff like Vine and and all that, so I don't remember the exact timeline and how it matches up with this movie, but yeah, essentially just people are, most of their entertainment is just really stupid stuff like, you know, uh, in here you mentioned like jackass and crap like yeah. that, and then, and then really short videos where people are just doing stupid stuff. Uh, I mean, now there's even um, the Chive, uh, if you go to certain uh, uh, restaurants and sports bars uh, they'll have tvs with the chive just going and it's it's just a bunch of they collected a bunch of internet videos and that's literally the ch- tv channel yeah that they're showing. yeah i think another one is uh i want to write this minute i think is another one where they just yeah where they it's a yeah, literally right a tv minute, show yeah. yeah it's literally yeah. a tv and you go show in there and dedicated. you're just like why am why am i sitting in this place just watching a bunch of internet videos it's like, <laughs> yeah oh. right yeah it, like i mean yeah it baffles my mind that that show is like on the yeah. air because it's like yeah they're literally just pulling viral videos and that's the entire show it's just yeah. them talking so, about it so so yeah they kind of predicted that one with this movie <laughs> yeah they're very much so which i mean i mean hey uh vine may be com- making a comeback too i mean we'll see but uh yeah. but uh 
but but yeah like you said i described the show in the watch party um as jackass on steroids basically mm-hmm. and uh yep. i don't know I, I i feel like that's a good representation of that speaking of which oh yeah i wonder if we should cover jackass on this show eventually uh that's another one of those movies i don't care to watch but you can if you want to yeah That'll probably be a movie that's like <laughs> way off in the future type of uh, movie that we'll yeah. eventually get around to covering at some point. But yeah, <laughs> um, I got to uh, I got to say that the barcode system like that they use for identification is basically QR codes and NFC kind of, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's obviously more kind of like there's more to it than that like it's like it's all built into one like tattoo that you get essentially um so i know by the way in my christian circles um and i know my my parents uh in particular i know uh very much were afraid of something like this happening like i i they, they would probably lose their shit at that particular point in this movie because they all had this sort of like paranoia about this being a real thing because in revelation um of course you probably know they talk there's a section where they talk about how in the end times people will have the mark of the beast and and they kind of equated um these like barcode tattoos to to being the mark of the beast yeah yeah and this uh this bit of revelations is sort of one of those evergreen things any any time it comes down to any sort of personal identification uh you always have some christians tying it back to Revelations, saying oh that's the mark of the beast uh Mm -hmm. it's it's happened repeatedly over the years uh just to not drag your podcast down i'm not going to point them all out (laughs) fair (laughs) enough some some of them are some pretty dark points in history (laughs) yeah sure yeah but but i but i couldn't help but i I couldn't help but think about that while i was seeing those barcode tattoos all the time but uh but what do you think about it being like kind of qr codes and nfc uh, so I think any sort of identification that relies on uh, biometrics or something that is permanently affixed to your body is always a bad idea uh, mm. because uh, things with biometrics, biometrics can change. So it's not even a good uh, way of identifying. It's only a approximate one that like gets you close enough and then you, ha- you need something else for actual verification. Uh, the other one, even though it's not likely to happen a lot. Uh, you it can lead uh, people into instead of just stealing your wallet. Now they've got to steal a part of you in order to take your identity. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just generally not a good idea. Also, if for some reason that identity gets compromised in some way, uh, it being a permanent thing, there's no way to revoke it and replace it with a different one. Whereas if your driver's license is bad or you know your credit card's bad, they can just revoke your credit your license to your credit card and issue you a new one Uh, it's really hard to do that if it's a tattoo yeah but i but i but it's definitely better than passwords yeah i mean it may not be perfect but it's definitely better than passwords (laughs) because passwords are passwords are atrocious but uh again that's a whole nother podcast but oh yeah (laughs) but uh (laughs) but yeah but i personally i i i don't i think it's I think it's better. Uh, I think it's better than passwords. So that's why I've kind of accepted it. But, you know, I just that that's just me, I guess. I don't know. But uh, (laughs) those decaying buildings and the roads, I feel like kind of like our representation of how like kind of the the infrastructure has gone to shit. And that's definitely definitely the case. Like nowadays, I don't know if it will be as big of an issue um, uh, moving forward. 
The, but, the difference there being in the movie, uh, it's attributed to stupidity, and they're just like, well, I don't know. Like, they've got the one where one of the buildings starts falling over, so they just get really big rope and tie it together. <laughs> it's like, right? Yeah. Uh, whereas the real world causes are more uh, fiscal than they are uh, right. stupidity. It's not, it's not that we don't know how to fix things. We just don't have enough money or people to fix things in a lot yeah. of cases. So, so the cause is a little different. The end result is the same. Though. Yeah, <laughs> just, it is. And, and I and, and just it, be driving along and there's no road anymore. Yeah. And it, and at least from that standpoint of it being a fiscal problem that can be fixed with, uh, with laws yeah. being passed and stuff. And you know, the, the American rescue plan act, I think was kind of, trying to um, establish those right yeah but it certainly it certainly helps whether whether it fully fixes everything is remains to be seen but at least it's starting to make a dent in it anyway and (laughs) uh, pun pun not intended (laughs) um yeah I um uh, I am surprised that they uh I, I mean w- well of course we know that Carl's Jr exists in this timeline um yep. still like everything else has gone away but Carl's Jr is well, still around Fud Ruckers <laughs> is still around kind of kind of except it changes to butt fuckers which is oh, sure I, I wasn't <laughs> going to say it but you did okay <laughs> But uh but uh, I yeah yeah, and and I think part of this is a regional thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I stepped on you because I think you were going to mention that. Well, McDonald's doesn't seem to be around. Well, here's the thing: yeah, McDonald's, yeah. McDonald's headquarters in Chicago. Mm. So it's it's more of a midwestern place that sort of spread out from there. Yeah, Just they got the idea the from some guy in California, but they really established themselves in the Midwest. And so, uh, Carl's Jr. is very much a West Coast thing. Yeah, because uh, yes, it's the same company as Hardee's, but if you look at the two, they're not exactly the same thing. And so, as Carl Jr. And keep in mind this this movie was very much developed in the you know L.A. Hollywood area. Right. Carl Jr. is much bigger out there uh, than this. Uh, you know, Hardee's is over here. Yeah. <clears throat> well, of course, I know the real reason is that they probably couldn't afford to license the McDonald's brand. That's probably that's probably the real reason why they there, went with Carl's yeah, Jr. There may have <laughs> been some of that where they actually got permission from Carl's because you'll notice there's not a lot of real brands in there. Uh, yeah. The other brands that were mentioned, you know, that obviously made it were Starbucks, Costco. Uh, I think there was H&R Block in there at one point. Uh and so the question is, did they actually get permission from those companies or are they just leaning very heavily on parity? Mm. You know, because some of them, they change the name to a certain extent. You know, Fuddruckers, they don't exactly keep the name in there. Uh, and, and the other ones, they mess with the logos quite a bit and stuff yeah. like that. And so I think some of it comes down to fair use parody. Carl's uh, hmm. Jr. is very heavily used in there, so it's possible that they actually got permission from them. Yeah, well, yeah, because Starbucks seems like it's relatively unchanged, but Costco has somehow become even more gigantic because it, uh, most Costco stores, if you've ever been into them, are already pretty ginormous. But this yeah. one is just sort of like a gigantic sort of like, you know, bigger than most malls, I would even say, so, you know, uh, keep in mind, this movie came out before Amazon was a big thing. It is. Uh, and mm. so they sort of called this one also just the wrong company. They didn't realize a new company would form and take over in that area. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, essentially think of the Costco in this movie as Amazon now. Yeah. Uh, where at some point, yeah, they'll take over all the retail space too. Yeah. But, but everything I, from Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess, yeah, the, well, and yeah, because that part hasn't really happened yet. I mean, yeah, they're they're talking about doing that, but uh, 
but yeah, yeah, but but, uh, it, but it's sort of like is like the modern mall i feel like too because it legitimately had everything in it including strip clubs i might add which is well, yeah. an that, interesting that, thing that makes sense because <laughs> like if you go to walmart i mean a lot of walmarts have a subway in the front you know mm-hmm. or some yeah. other or it, and they'll have an optrician in some cases the walmart's running it in other cases some of those little kiosks up front are run by other businesses inside the walmart mm-hmm. and so it's just sort of you take the retail uh trends uh it just sort of lends itself to that there's a lot of uh, with companies these days there's a lot of acquisitions and mergers too which is why we now have a bunch of really big technology companies instead of you know a couple of decades ago where we had lots of little ones yeah which uh yeah again you could uh you could go into a big debate about that and we will and we will not on this podcast about yeah. that <laughs> so and so i think that that giant costco was just sort of taking yeah. all of those things and putting it into one company and going hey look we're just going to have really big companies but, with just over the top everything yeah but on that point about the uh, whole strip club thing like like yes mm-hmm. it had a lot of strip clubs but that seemed to be a common theme was that every institution every business was basically a strip club with you know in Starbucks case coffee um and in Costco's case probably stores and stuff and it's like everything was way more sexualized too it's like you know you had the uh the magazine i forget what the name of it was but it was it was like literally like naked chicks monthly or something like that mm-hmm. And um, I find I do find that a hard time believing that that'll ever come true, because going back to the whole fact that the Internet runs on advertisers, advertisers have always been a little frightened about nudity. And um, however, what it does represent, I feel like, is the commodity of OnlyFans, um, because everything is way more sexualized in this dystopia. And like, you know, OnlyFans, like being the big success that it is is probably like the best comparison i would say to you know everything being sexualized in this dystopia i guess i don't know yeah it it kind of relates to that a little bit um but i think it's more of a just a direct uh follow-on with the premise that the movie starts with is you the people who are around 500 years in the future are the ones that procreated a lot and so it just becomes normal that people are constantly procreating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sex being everywhere is just part of a, they sort of evolved into that. Yeah. Well, and certainly the, uh, the, yeah. the people who were offended by sex were the ones who weren't having the kids. Right. Yeah. Well, and of course, yeah, everything. I mean, you've got uh you've got WAP that got released uh, back in 2020. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, 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 they definitely, um, they're definitely, they definitely got that right, and I think over time it will only get more yeah. right as time goes on. Probably, yeah. And if it, and if you look at it, uh, basically every new technology that comes out, communications wise, uh, there's at some point where uh, pornography lead heavily drives the development of that product. So right, like VHSs, right. the uh, movie distributors and makers were trying to sue VHS out of it. Well, and Betamax, uh, we'll just but I'll just say VHS out of existence <laughs> right. um, because they thought that, Oh, look, everybody's just going to copy all our movies. And then why would they need to buy movies from us? Uh, while the movie studios were doing that, the porn industry is like, Oh yeah, no, we'll sell you tapes. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so part of the proliferation of video recording was because you could get porn that way, where it was harder to get, you know, and so 
magazines, yeah, there were regular magazines, but there were also porn magazines. And then when the internet came out, you, you know, even before the internet, when you had BBSs, occasionally there were BBSs, you'd go to those BBSs. Yeah. Because that's where you could get the pictures. At, yeah, that's where you, you know? and, and it would take, uh, and it would go yeah, line it would by take, line by line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so it just leads into at some point, pornography getting into everything just kind of feels inevitable. It probably yeah. isn't. But yeah. I think that's just sort of where they're going. If you add that on top of these people were here because they were the ones having sex, it just mm-hmm. everything turns into sex, sex, sex all the time. Yeah, yeah. And 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 in that same vein, foul language is another thing too, because uh because yeah, because yeah, you've got butt fuckers, which is which is there, and it kind of becomes mm-hmm. the norm to like say foul language, including yep. to the point where President Camacho even had shit and fuck on his teleprompter for his speech. It's like devolved oh, yeah. into presidential speeches. Even. Well, it, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, they, they mentioned uh, what people thought of you if you used more what we would consider more normal or, you know, appropriate speech for that sort of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to repeat, repeat that phrase here, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, to be the president in that society, you have to talk like that. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, nobody's going to, well, I don't even know if they voted for him, honestly, because they're not very clear on how the political system works. There, right. But, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, because uh, they, they we talk about how, like, yeah. each cabinet position was seemingly chosen by a contest. Right. Yeah. And like, it's been 500. It's been 500 years. I mean, the United States hasn't been around here for 300. So a lot can change in 500 years. Uh, so I don't yeah. know. But but yeah, there's clearly a change in how stuff is decided. But he likely wouldn't become president if he talked. Uh, right yeah without using that that kind of yeah and the likelihood that a cabinet position will would have would be chosen by a contest also seems kind of yeah no that doesn't sound correct either oh i could totally see it happening in the future but yeah yeah maybe not to that (laughs) maybe not to that scale i mean i don't know but uh (laughs) i love justin long's character by the way i was not expecting justin long to be in this movie and Mm. and i love justin long but he uh, he is not qualified to be a doctor it seems like and everyone kind of like being their own doctor like like especially during covid times i felt like kind of best describes uh how crazy that scene is you know like i i, I don't i feel like pre-covid it kind of the scene would kind of feel a little off post-covid though like yeah no this is everybody like kind of being their own doctor and trying all this like stupid shit to like try to quote-unquote cure covid back in like early 2020 that's what that scene reminded me of uh yeah i can see how it remind you of that uh, at the time i think there was no thought of that in the movie whatsoever uh they actually do explain justin long's character pretty well uh i would like to point out that them saying that this movie is starring justin long is a bit of a stretch he's a bit character in here and he doesn't have much screen time yeah i think they just threw that name in there because he he was known as the apple guy yeah so pretty they were much. using name recognition um, as far as his character, the doctor, um, if you pay attention just before that, uh, our main character, which I'm now forgetting his name, uh, has already dealt with a, a substantial portion of the medical uh, I- industry that they've got going on at the time. And it consists of uh, the, Joe, by the way. Yeah, Joe. Uh, of course, he has an average name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of the first people he deals with is essentially a glorified receptionist who barely knows how to operate a panel with push buttons on it with pictograms of ailments. Right? Yeah. That is, if you go to a hospital these days, 
whoever you talk to in reception has some idea what the fuck's going on. You know, they're not necessarily a medical doctor, but they do have to have medical knowledge in order to have that job. Right. Uh, And so the fact that the first person you deal with basically is almost incapable of pushing a button uh, tells you how much more qualified Justin Long is than a lot of people (laughs) in in that movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the the second person he deals with doesn't know how to operate the diagnostic machine, which right. literally has three things you have to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like at one point it's like you put you put this one in your mouth, you put this one in yeah. your butt. Oh no! Wait a minute. That yeah. the butt one goes in your mouth. That yeah, one goes a, to your a, butt. A little step up from can't push a button, but he still can't keep three things straight. <laughs> so so yeah. yeah, I I think in this world, Justin Long is a perfectly qualified doctor, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so the jet skis and boats on the Washington Monument pool, though, that doesn't seem likely to me at all. Like, <laughs> I, oh, I can that, see it. Uh, uh, the, OK, the thing that surprises me is that they managed to maintain it so well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. still in pristine condition. Despite I mean, all I mean, those the, boats. the Washington Monument has a little bit of a tilt to it. But but yeah, because they can use jet skis on it. And I guess they like that pool. Yeah, well, but it's interesting, too, and I'm just now realizing this, too. There's kind of a hole in the in the plot of the movie where it's like they've they've gotten rid of water and yet the monument still has water. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. It's yeah, like, but they're not going to drink it. <laughs> yeah, that's just for show and tell, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but as, uh, as you can put your toilet water in the in the pool. You're not drinking it. Yeah, true. Speaking of uh, speaking of water, uh, I, I I feel like you I gotta get you gotta get that uh, get that product placement back up there because <laughs> the fact that uh, this Gatorade product with all of its electrolytes, uh, basically uh, Rondo, yeah, there it is, there it is, right there, the, that product, um, <laughs> the thirst mutilator, the thirst mutilator, yeah. But uh, I that totally seems realistic to me that um, that they had to. Uh, that they had to uh, take over the market share of water. Like, like water was yeah. eating into its market share. Like I could totally see that because there are very well, much monopoly companies in in this, yeah, in yeah, this country, and, even though they're not supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think this actually comes back to Facebook a little bit. Uh, Facebook, because they still have shareholders and stuff like that. The, their thing is, is they have to show growth every year. They got to go, oh, we got to have new users. We gotta, yep. How many billion users do they already have? Uh, yeah. They kind of saturated the market on that. So where do they go from there? And yeah. so I can kind of see why they might have tried this meta thing to go, okay, well, let's do something different. So we'll do all the Facebook stuff and now this other thing. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of where Brando, Bra- once everybody's drinking Brondo, it's like, well, how do we sell more Brondo? Right. And so yeah, yeah. Re- replacing regular water was a very good marketing decision by somebody. Uh, yeah. It turns out not so not so great for everything else. Yeah, not so great for the planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and and even more so, it's the fact that like because when they do switch to water, it 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 somehow lays off the workforce of Brondo employees. Well, yeah, because- yeah, and they're. Yeah. yeah, because the company, it's its not just the people making the Brondo, but the people, you know, the marketing people that work for Brondo, all mm-hmm. the, you know, all the just everything. And even the people who don't work directly for Brondo work for people who have the money because they work for Brondo. So when those people lose their jobs, they don't have the money to go get their uh, their family style dinner at Buttfuckers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> actually, I, yeah. I don't know what you mean because uh, yeah, they never explain what family style actually is. Right? Yeah, no, that's because I was going to ask that. Yeah, like yeah, we still don't know what family style is. It's like I have to imagine it's something pretty reprehensible right but yeah but they never really like the, explain what it is <laughs> it's, it's like the three shells in uh in the demolition man yeah 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 haven't seen that one yet i hope i hope to see that one soon but uh yeah <laughs> but uh i you met you mentioned uh the that the fox news channel they brought that up as sort of like they're parroting the fox news channel um there towards oh, the yeah. end and don't ask me how i know this <laughs> but other than the shirtless guy um other than the shirtless guy that was uh, the that fox news parody was kind of pretty spot on and that lady that's next to him i i could tell you who i could tell you exactly who that lady is and that yeah. is that they are very much uh imitating kimberly gilfoyle because before she was dating donald trump jr she used to be a fox news commentator and I don't get what her obsession was with dressing so sexy for that network, but she did all the time. And I never gets, understood get, that. It's <laughs> ratings. But uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it, at the time the movie came out, it was a little more of an extreme, extreme parody of Fox News. But uh, yeah, I right. think Fox News is getting closer and closer to that every single day. <laughs> yeah, I still I'm still waiting for the day that someone goes shirtless on Fox News. We'll uh, we'll see when that happens. <laughs> Uh, as soon as Twitch changes their terms of service. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's, a, that's a no nipples joke. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, man. It's uh, it's time. It's time to give our final ratings of this movie. Uh, Brian, what is, what is it going to be for you? Oh, definitely a thumbs up. Because uh, not only was this movie hilarious the first time I saw it many years ago, like I said, shortly after it came out, but Every every time I rewatch it, 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 there's things to point out. Like it's like uh, Will has been noticing. There's stuff that's happened in you know the many years since this movie came out that just make the movie even more relevant and hilarious. Right. So it's one of those movies that just keeps getting better with age. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. 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 It's it has a very unique effect of like the more it ages, the more relevant it becomes. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a weird thing. Yeah. I am going to give it a big thumbs up as well. It did a great job of towing the line between documentary and real life. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but actually, though, like this was incredibly funny. Kind of, you know, to, like they took a morbid theme of the future of the country and made it incredibly hilarious and funny. And, you know, it, it, it's, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. And yeah, I, I, I echo what you say, uh, what you said, too, about how like yeah, it's becoming more and more relevant as it ages which is which is such a weird um uh which is sort of a weird thing because it's like it's usually the opposite so it's yeah it's really it's really yeah except for that iphones thing yeah right yeah no literally (laughs) that's all if they're doing a remake of this movie that's literally the only thing they have to change is um the prevalence of smartphones really you know (laughs) that's really the only thing but uh, but Brian, uh, th- this was so much fun. Thank you so much for joining me to talk about this movie. Uh, I, I I know that you are a little inactive on social media, but uh, yep. but if a little people, is, yep. yeah. But if people do want to find and connect with you, where can they go? So occasionally, and uh, I'm getting closer to this every day. Uh, doing it again is you can find me at t- on Twitch.tv/slash Bcoford. Mm-hmm. Uh, just not terribly often. 
Mm-hmm. And where you'll find me most of the time is actually on Discord. B Coford number 42. Uh, you do need four digits in there, so that it is zero padded. Yeah. Yeah. B Coford <laughs> pound sign 0042. Yeah. 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 So. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love Discord. Discord is like, uh, it, un, unlike uh, unlike all the other social media platforms, um, Discord I actually do check regularly because uh, this Discord I feel like is a more curated uh, it's, social media it's the, feed. It's the IRC chat for a new century. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, yeah. We talked about this recently with um, with hackers, and yeah, it very much is that case. Yeah, so absolutely. Speaking of Discord, I do a watch party for each of these movies that we review on the show. Uh, Brian is in a lot of those watch parties that we do. Uh, If you want to watch the movie with myself and other fellow listeners, you can do so at discord.cinemavention.com. That is the Discord server that you you can join. There's people uh, uh, posting comments in there all the time about the various movies we talk about. It's a great community to hang out in. But if you can't make it to the watch party, don't worry because we have it available exclusively to everyone who supports the show at patreon.com slash is one. Thank you so much to everybody who continues to support this show. It is very much appreciated. And I am live twice a week playing games with the community on my Twitch. You can find that over at twitch.tv slash is one. Send in your thoughts about this movie we discussed today. Um, there are certainly a lot of aspects of this movie that we that we could talk about. And if you want to um, continue the conversation further, do so by sending an email over at email at cinemavention.com. And if you want to see all the previous movies we've covered on this show with show notes and everything else, head on over to cinemavention.com. Music has been provided by Kevin McLeod. Thank you so much to him for allowing us to use his fantastic music over at incompetech.com and we'll be back next week to discuss the movie dr strangelove with alan roth aka wabbit magic and tom i butchered his last name uh, last time i'm not going to do it again but you know him as captain jack uh from the chat room and uh this is going to be a fun uh, conversation i can't wait to talk about this movie and we will do that on the next episode until then we'll see you next time Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>